to have everyone here with us this morning at our special uh, service. I was thinking, I was sitting there thinking, how can I follow such wonderful music? And then I get to introduce the children. So I was like, okay, that's a no-brainer. Everybody loves to um, be able to have the children up here in front and to, to, to celebrate our children. I want to, uh, we start off this morning with our baby dedication or as we refer to it here at Grace, our child parent dedication. And there's a few, reason why we, why, few reasons why we do that. And I just want to give you a little explanation as to why we do a child parent dedication. We here at Grace do not believe that... Um, or we do believe that every individual must come to a personal faith in Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Therefore, we do not practice or we refuse to practice any form of sacrament that would give a, a false sense of hope for our children for eternity that is absent or does not include a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we believe that salvation is something that each individual must come to faith for and that as we dedicate our children, it's not that they would somehow be saved based upon that dedication, but more so that we as parents would raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And at one point in time in their life where they come to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, they would embrace that gospel, believe it, and be saved by it. What we do believe here at Grace, in addition to avoiding anything that would give a false hope, is we do believe that the Bible teaches that God has chosen our parents, that God has chosen whose family we will be born into. And in doing so, he calls each family to steward their children with an understanding of sin and an appreciation for the gospel of grace, which ultimately will lead our children to salvation. We read or we saw, we saw on the screen there, and Pastor Michael read this morning in Psalm 127, Verse 3 through 5, it says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, or an inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of a womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Psalm 127 tells us as parents that we have a responsibility or a privilege to raise up our children in such a way, or we have a stewardship given to us to raise up our children for the Lord. You see, in, in, in every way, they are the Lord's children. And they're, they're someone that he is entrusting you with and giving you the calling and the responsibility to care for them and to teach them in the right way. Not only does he give us as parents the stewardship of our children, but the Bible says that he commands us and encourages us to teach them diligently about the law of God and about the grace of Jesus Christ. And both are equally important. The, our children must understand that there is consequences for their sins. They must understand that when they sin, they are going to face uh, judgment for that sin. And they must also understand that Jesus Christ came into this earth to take that judgment for them. And that by faith in Jesus Christ, his blood can be applied to their account, and therefore they are set free or forgiven for the sins that they've committed. They must understand both of those truths in order to be saved, and it is we parents' responsibility to, to carry out that responsibility to teach them those things, and not just with our words, but also with our actions. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7 tells us this, all these things that I command you today shall be in your heart. Speaking of the law of God or the commandments, 
You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall uh, talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by your way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And then Ephesians 6 and verse 4 tells us, Fathers or parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. This is what we're called to do as parents. This is why we dedicate parents and children, because a parent that doesn't dedicate themselves to the proper training of the child will benefit in no way from dedication of their children. In the end, there's promises associated with properly teaching your children about the law of God and about the grace of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 22.6, many of us are familiar with it. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he is the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is a promise from God's word. It's something that he's given us to hang our hat on, if you will, or to bank on, that if we train up our child properly, we train him up to have a proper understanding of the law of God, to fear God, but we also train him up with an understanding of the grace of Christ, the salvation that he provides through his blood, that as we believe and embrace we experience that forgiveness. If we train our children up in those two truths, we can be confident based upon the word of God that they will not depart from it. None of us are perfect parents, amen? I knew I would get some agreement on that. So we, not, we never do it perfectly, do we? No one ever parents children perfectly, so what we depend upon is the grace of God. We teach them as best we can. We exemplify or example for them the truths of God's word. But in the end, we trust God to be gracious to our efforts, right? And to bring salvation to our children. Um, In the end, it's all about his grace. When we make effort, he sees that as, as bad as it is sometimes, and he rewards it. And so parents don't have to feel like the weight is on your shoulders. It is on the Lord's shoulders. And the weight on your shoulders is to do your best to raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And here's another promise that as we get into the child dedication. Ephesians 6 and verse 3 says this, that it may be well with them and that they may live long in the land. And this is the promise to the Old Testament Israelites as they were going into the promised land, which is a, a picture in the Bible of the, um, what we would call the, the joyful Christian life. And if we teach our children properly, they will, they will uh, dwell in the land long and they will dwell in that joy long as well. So with that, I want to invite, if you're here this morning to dedicate your children and um, you know who you are, I want to invite you to come up at this time. While they're all making their way up here to the front with their wonderful children, I'm going to introduce them, uh, the families. I'm also going to introduce the, those who are accompanying them here in the service. So your name might be called if you're accompanying one of these families. If I don't pronounce your name 100% right, please forgive me up front. I want you to know that I have practiced and, and made an effort to pronounce your names correctly, but... Um, but I know how 
faulty I am, <laughs> so I'm going to do my best. While, we're, um, while I'm um, reading through the names, my wife is going to be passing out little gifts. Each one of the children is going to get a, a dedication gift. It is a Jesus Storybook Bible. And so all the kids will take one of these home. In the front, it has their names, the date, um, today's date, and then from Grace Bible Church of Hollister. So just something that they'll be able to have and be able to remember this day into the future. So let me introduce the families here. We're going to start with Chris and Adrian Reed. And they're down here on the end. If you just wave when, we, when, you, when your name is called, just kind of give a little wave to the people. They are going to be dedicating Isaac James Reed and Brielle Sophia Reed this morning. And they are accompanied by their other son, Samuel. Is he up here too? All right, he's there. They're also accompanied by Mike and Ruth Ann Reed, Rich and Connie Lopez, Rachel Lopez, and Caleb Weisenberger. So we're glad that you're here this morning to celebrate their dedication of their children. The second family that we'll introduce is Ozzy and Liz, Lillian Casillas. Give a little wave there. And they're also here with Kyler, their oldest son, who will be baptized this morning. They will be dedicating Lillian Rose Casillas and Gavin Valentino Casillas. They are accompanied by Hector Casillas. Thank you, Hector, for being here this morning with us. We're glad that you're here. The next family is Golov and Carrie Betancourt. And this morning, they will be dedicating all three of their children, Mackenzie Lynn Betancourt, Indrick John Betancourt, and Nevaeh May Betancourt. Nice little wave. They're accompanied by Helen Frusetta, Tom, and Amy Rutherford, Evie, Oren, and Otto Larson. Am I doing okay? All right. We had a talk about this beforehand, so I'm really working hard here. Justin and Tara Mead and their kids, Michaela, Zoe, and Mason. So we're glad that you guys are here. And those of you who are here for them this morning, we're glad that you're here with us as well. Then we have Eric and Karis Godo. Give a little wave, you guys. There you go. And they will be dedicating all three of their children this morning as well. Kiana Crystal Godo, Chase Takeo Godo. Did I get it right? <sighs> Titus Hero Godo. All right. All right. I'm in good shape. And this morning they are accompanied by Jerry and Crystal Cleaver. We're glad that you're here this morning if you're here for the Godo family. The next is uh, Peter and Jula Prack. They're over here waving. And they are going to be dedicating all three of their children this morning as well. Isabella K. Prack, Andrew Charles Prack, and Samuel Aaron Prack. And they are accompanied by Art and Darla Hernandez. Art Hernandez, Aaron and Drea. Mm. Art, Andrea, Hernandez, um, their children, I believe, Corey and Jason, Annie and Connor Stevens, and Suzanne Prack. So if you're here for the Pracks this morning, we're glad that you're here and have joined us for this service. Oh, I'm not done yet. 
I had to go to the next page. Michelle and E.J. Garlow and their children, Mark Miles and Michaela. No, I, I was on the wrong... I had to go to the next page. All right. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, the next family is Jared and Maddie Prettyman. And they are going to be dedicating their baby and my grandbaby, Shire Eve Prettyman. And they are accompanied by John and Gwen Prettyman, Alyssa and Jefferson Munchinski, Olivia, Angela, and Autumn Prettyman. The last family that we have on our list, and these were not in any certain order, but we have Zach and Emma Tolentino, which they are right there. And they will be dedicating their newest addition to the family, Riley Grace Tolentino. And they are accompanied this morning by Mel and Charlene Tolentino, Kyle, Shay, and Benjamin Tolentino, Chad Tolentino, Darren and Natalie Thompson, Dan Morgan, Dylan Thompson, and Jeannie Thompson. So if you're here for these folks this morning, we are glad that you are here. And um, definitely a blessing to, to witness the commitment of these families to raise up their children for the Lord. So with that being said, we have a commitment that we ask the parents to commit to. And then we have a commitment that we ask the church family to commit to as well. So let's start off with the parents. And parents, if you would just wait till the end of the statement and then respond with, we will, that would be, or I will, that would be great. Parents, with this congregation as witnesses, will you commit to teaching the law of God and the grace of Christ to your children? Will you train your children in the way that they should go humbly and hopefully trusting God to protect, provide for, and save your children? Will you commit to bringing them up in the discipline and admonition of the Lord? Is that everybody? All All right. Thank you, guys. Congregation, will you commit to coming alongside these parents to modeling love for the Lord Jesus Christ, discipline in life, and service in the Lord's church. Will you commit to praying for, encouraging, and helping these families as they need? Let's pray over these families together. Father in heaven, it is such a blessing to be here today, to be here with these families who are desiring to raise up their children to love you, to worship you, and to serve you with their lives. We pray for each family. We pray your grace would be on them, that you would bring salvation to these children at a young age. You would set their feet in the right direction. You would guide their path and their steps, and you would make their way straight as you promised in your word We pray that you would be with these parents, that you would cause them, Lord, to embrace their responsibility to live in front of their children what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that they would love their children, that they would discipline their children, that they would teach their children the ways of Christ. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray for the church that you would help us to come alongside these families to encourage and strengthen them as needed. 
We love you, Lord, and thank you for the time that we have this morning to dedicate these children in Christ's name. Amen. Let's give them all a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Oh, we didn't get that done, did we? That's all right. We'll pass those out. The Bibles will be, will be coming your direction. So as we continue, know this, the children will remain in the service, so there will be noise. And that's okay, amen? We like the sound of children making noise, and so don't be distracted by a little crying here and there. We will work through it. And the ladies are passing out the Bibles now. We're going to move on at this time to our baptismal service. Uh, the baptismal part of our service. And I just want to give a few thoughts of explanation before we actually um, go into the process of baptizing. Uh, This is another ceremony that the church does. In addition to to, um, baby dedication and parent dedication, we do baptism as well. Uh, Baptism is a symbol of an external symbol, a physical symbol that you can see that is... Um, meant to describe something that has taken place in a person's heart. In other words, what we get to see here performed in the putting people under the water is the same as what took place when they got saved. So what's true about them spiritually is going to be expressed about them physically for you to see. And it's important to note that these baptismal waters cannot save anyone, that they don't have the power to save. Salvation has already happened. These are a description, this is a description, a ceremony that describes the baptism process. Romans 6, 3, and 4 tells it, tells it this way. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were baptized, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was baptized, Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also might walk in newness of life. And so baptism is a heart thing that takes place when a person is converted. It is a physical thing when we want to show people what has happened in our heart. And the reality of it is when a person gets saved, nobody else knows around them other than by looking at the works they perform. And baptism is one of those works that we... um, one of the ceremonies that we practice to show others that we have committed our lives to Christ and accepted him as our Savior. Baptism is something that was exemplified by, by Jesus in Matthew 3. When Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he comes to be baptized, Jesus sets forth a standard that all believers should follow in. Baptism is something that... We're getting some background music going on here. <laughs> it's all right. I can preach the background music too. Um, baptism is something that's commanded by God. His word says to go into all the world and make disciples and to baptize them. Baptism is qualifi- qual- the qualifications for baptism in the scriptures are repentance and faith. In Matthew chapter number three, a group of people come to Jesus to be baptized. 
and, or come to John to be baptized, and he, and he doesn't see any signs of them actually being saved, and he turns them away, and he says, why do you come to me to be baptized when you have no fruits of being a believer, of being repentant? So the first qualification for being baptized is that a person has to have a repentant heart. They have to be repentant of their sins and of their own ways to God. And if they're not repentant, then as the Lord uh, says in his word, that he doesn't want them to be baptized because they haven't yet been saved. It's almost like, I illustrate it this way, it's, it's almost like an athlete who is not on the team but goes out and buys the uniform and acts like they're on the team. It doesn't do anything for the team and it doesn't do anything for them. They just look like they're on the team. We want to make sure that you're on the team before we put the uniform on you. And that's what baptism is. is It's the putting on of this, the outward expression of what has taken place in the heart. So repentance is necessary. And then faith. In Acts 8, there was a man that got saved. His name, he was, he's called the, he's an Ethiopian man is what he's called. And he asked Philip, who was the witness, he says, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip asks him the question, do you believe? And the only prerequisite then there is that there's faith, there's belief in Christ, which is, again, another symbol of salvation. So the qualifications are repentance and faith. There's a symbolism in, in baptism. We're going we're gonna to put them under the water, which is a picture of death. When you die, you put people under the ground. So we put them under the water, which symbolizes death. Then we bring them out of the water, which symbolizes resurrection. So when they come up out of that water, it is symbolizing that when they got saved, they died to their sins, they died to themselves, and when they resurrected, they resurrected as new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And it's a symbol of that taking place. Truly, we are baptized into the life of Christ And we are resurrected into the life of Christ, or into the death of Christ and into the life of Christ. These realities are only received by faith. It is so important that we understand that the baptism or the salvation that we are going to exemplify by this ceremony is only received by faith. The only way that I can become a part of the death and resurrection of Christ is by embracing it by faith. You can't do anything to get it. It's something that Jesus Christ accomplished for you, and you embrace it by believing. The most well-known verse of the Bible is John 3, 16, for God's love the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes, it doesn't say who does works, whoever believes in him. He even tells us in Titus 3 and verse 5 that our salvation is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it is by his mercy that he has saved us. So we're just simply going to symbolize something here that has already taken place in the heart of the individuals. So with that being said, the worship team, I think, is probably hiding back there behind the wall. They're going to come out. They're going to lead us in a song. I'm going to go back and and get some different clothes on, and then we're going to come out and we're going to baptize four of our new followers of Jesus. Uh, and help us sing this song together. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear 
the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to April. Are you ready, April? I did not release you to go get ready. I'm going to give you a few. You sure? All right. If you're ready, someone can help you get up in here. A lady can help her get up in here. Does the lady want to help her? There you go. It's plenty. Yes, please be seated. Thank you, Gary. I figured we have to stand up so everybody else gets to stand up too. This is April Hudikpa. Is that correct? And uh, April has placed her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. She's going to share her testimony. You have your testimony with you? Pastor. Good morning, everyone. My name is April. I was introduced by my parents to Christ ever since I was small. I have experienced God's faithfulness in my life all along my life's journey. I realize that He's always with me, guiding and protecting me. I realize that Jesus knows me very well than I know myself. I am fully convinced that whatever you plan to do, when you pray, according to God's plan for you, He will give it to you. 
I have a lot to be grateful for, but one particular I am thankful for is that God has given me my parents. Among all the parents in the world, he, he chose these particular parents that I have. My parents were so prayerful that they, that they influenced me to be the same, especially my mom. God directed my path, corrected the wrong, and made it right. When I look back, I knew that he's with me wherever and provided all the resources I needed. I would like to offer my life, my husband, and children to him. We are nothing without him. As it is spoken in the Bible, to repent and be baptized, now that I am old, I want to recognize more the love and sacrifice Jesus has done for me. I would like to acknowledge it and would like to be a follower of him. In John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want God to be the center of my life. As an expression of April's faith, we will baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Miles Gamble. Miles is 15 years old. 15 years old, and he uh, actually came to me this week, and uh, this week, right? And just have been feeling the Lord uh, directing him to follow in obedience and baptism. And we, his dad worked with him, I think, mostly, and came to um, a place where we're ready to ready to move forward. So he's going to share his testimony with you. Um, so before I begin, um, my name is Miles Gamble, and um, I'm a little bit of an overachiever, and I did a little too much, so I'm going to quickly uh, summarize. <laughs> um, so starting off, uh, growing up, I was raised in a Christian household. Um, my parents are both Christian, and so are all my siblings, um, and I do have a lot of family that is Christian. Um, I went to a private school, uh, and this, uh, the focus point of the private school, uh, they did teach of, of Christ and of the Bible. So I've always grown up in a Christian environment, but I wouldn't say that I was really a true Christian um, until up and more recently. Um, it was more of, I just bear the name of being Christian. Um, my initial introduction to baptism to where it was a reality as I could get baptism was when my brother, a few months ago, he had gotten baptized himself. Um, this is where it really became um, realistic that I, I wanted to get baptized as well, especially for my faith. Um, um, what got me on track towards the Lord um, was actually, I was inspired by my brother to try this Bible one-year plan. 
Um, and for one year, you try to get through the Bible. Um, I stayed consistent um, with the plan. Soon, my dad began going to more services here at Grace Bible. Um, and I picked up a few studies with my brother and his friends um, in the Bible. So that was my early progression. Um, my more recent progression, this is where I've, I've um, had more of a desire to be with Christ. I found that being in his presence and around his people is where I'm most happy and where I feel most loved and appreciated. Without Christ, I was, I w- I was lost. Um, I'd say within the past two years, I went through a hard time uh, where I felt alone. And looking back now, it was because I did not have Christ. I, I didn't really think to depend on him as my savior. Um, but now I can recognize and I see that I am a sinner. And along with everybody else, uh, none of us are perfect. And um, with sin, we all need a savior. And Jesus is my savior. Um, uh, when Jesus went up on that hill, um, he carried the burden of every one of our sins. Um, and when he was crucified, he forgave them all. And I'm thankful to the Lord that he, um, that he would sacrifice. I'm thankful uh, that God would sacrifice his son for me, even though I'm insignificant. Um, <laughs> and, it, um, um, and I'm just thankful that he would make the, he's willing to make that sacrifice. Um, when I heard about the service this weekend, um, I, initially, I initially was slow to join because I was very nervous um, into getting into the process. Um, but in the recent, in the past two weeks or week or so, um, I've begun to, I've had this drive from, to learn more about Christ, um, this hunger for the Spirit, and. I know that this is where I want to be, and I want to be a follower of the Lord, and I want other people to feel him as well. This is Kyler Casillas, and Kyler actually came to me the last time we did a baptism, which was quite a while ago, and we were talking about him being baptized, and there was a few questions, and we thought it would be good for him just to wait and to kind of experience the baptism by watching and, and to pray about it, and then this time his parents came and, and uh, felt like he was ready, 
And so um, he's moving forward with the baptism, and he has his testimony this morning. He's going to read it for us. Okay. When I learned that Jesus died on the cross for us, I also learned why he died. He took, um, he took the penalty for our sins, and it taught me how he is such a loving father. And later in my life, I learned about repentance. I repent of my sins to God by noticing what I have done wrong, feeling guilty, and asking God to forgive me. It reminds me of Luke 24, uh, chapter 23, verse 34, when Jesus was on the cross. After he was beat, mocked, and humiliated, he still prayed over and over again, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The reason why I want to be baptized is because I want to be closer to God and learn to forgive and learn to love as rich as God has for me. We're going to turn the, uh, the remainder of the baptismal piece to Ron Firstbrook. He gave me permission to talk. <laughs> All right, we're going to have Katie May Firstbrook come on in, my daughter. My third, and uh, had the blessing and privilege of baptizing my others, uh, Kelsey, who's here today, Kelsey Knoll, we're happy, that rings different, Kelsey Firstbrook Knoll, and uh, well, we're thankful for that, and uh, Emily is down at Biola, and so, uh, but she's here, and it's being videoed, I'm sure. Anyways, thanks for being here. Um, oh yeah, so like two out of three, now three for three, we're, it's the blessings of God, isn't it? And in his grace and his mercy. And this is a lot cheaper than weddings. So. <laughs> and um, that day will come. Anyways, Katie May, do you have something that you want to, uh, want to share? Yeah. Um, so when I was about five or so, me and my sister Emily would fight a lot. I began to feel convicted about the frustration and anger I would feel when we argued. I was determined to do better. I tried and tried to do better on my own but I soon realized that I couldn't. I needed Jesus. That's when I, realized, that's when I decided to repent and give my life to Jesus. I realized that I was a sinner and no amount of work could pay for the sins that I committed. Jesus died on the cross as the perfect sacrifice, even though I deserved death. But, his mercy, but through his mercy, I was born again through him. After that, I was so happy because I felt like a new person and God's strength helped me to overcome that struggle. 
After that, God continued to help me grow in him through our church's youth group and our many friends and family who have supported me and encouraged me to deepen and better my relationship with God. You know, uh, um, since he gave me permission and he needs a little time, it really is a full circle. Uh, uh, parents who received the Jesus Storybook Bible, it brought back memories um, that I would read that to my children. And uh, by the way, even if you're an adult, that book, if you feel like you need like a primer to get an idea of the whole of Scripture, it's for adults too. It's just absolutely fantastic. But just to see God's faithfulness through the years. When Katie was little, we used to go in, and, and I, as the dad, would, it would just became tradition that I would pray with the children and talk. And when she was really little, God had something special with her. Um, even then, she'd say, Dad, are you going to come in and talk? And I said, yeah. Well, what are we going to talk about? She goes, you know, the important things. And I said, well, and this is like two, three years old. Well, what's important? She goes, you know, God and stuff. And parents, it's nothing special that we do. We pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us as we raise our children. And so, and then when these days come and we see the mercy of God come full circle, we just rejoice, don't we? So keep up what you're doing. God is good and he is faithful. So Katie, uh, let me turn the mic over here. I have a good voice. We good? It's so much easier getting dressed when you have no hair. <laughs> there's nothing, there's not a lot to do back there except throw the clothes on, so. You hear me okay? Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good. Yeah. It's encouraging uh, in many ways, but. It's encouraging to see young people following the Lord in baptism and committing their, you know, not just being saved in the inside, but just wanting to express it on the outside. And so it's just such a, such a, such a blessing. Appreciate them. Encourage you to pray for them as they commit and uh, seek to serve the Lord 
um, in their lives after they leave this place that throughout the week that they're um, reflecting on what he has done for them. The last portion of this morning's service, or the, the next to last, I will make a few closing comments, but the last of the three ceremonies that we'll perform is, is uh, membership. We have a group of people that are wanting to become a part of the church membership. A church membership is simply a commitment of the people of God who have embraced the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation and desire to become a part of the local church for accountability, encouragement, and spiritual nourishment. And it's really becoming what you're becoming when you become a part of a local church is you're becoming a part of the family and a local expression of the larger family, which is the family of God. And so in the same way, each one of the ceremonies are are meant to express something that is uh, true on the inside. And so the Bible says in Acts 2.41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized And that same day they were added unto the church, about 3,000 souls. So we have that process taking place. I want to invite you, if you have come this morning to join, I want to invite you to come forward at this time. We have a commitment for you as well. You can bring your children up with you if you'd like. That's perfectly fine. So I'm going to read off the names of those who are joining. If you would just give them a wave as I read off your name. We're going to start with Eric and Karis over there. They actually joined the church about a year ago, and we never did get an opportunity to introduce them. And so we are introducing them this morning as new members of the church, and we want to welcome them. Next is Chris and Adrian Reed. And their children, then Peter and Jula Prack, okay, uh, Warren Waters, Katie Eastman, and her dad is with her, Michael Eastman, an elder in the church, Jefferson and Alyssa Munchinski, Thressa Walker Shaw, let's see here, April Hudikpa. He's over there. You made it. Good. Uh, Dan Morgan. Dan is over here. Joe and Carol Tells. I'm going to share with about Joe and Carol. They, they, they wrote in their application. They've been in the church for a long time. I know they hate that I do this, but I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> They've been in the church for a long time, I think longer than most, and on their application it said, it's about time. So, <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. There you go. Jane Shade. Jane is over here. And Jeremy Young. Jeremy's here. Did I miss anybody? Robert Gamble. Sorry, brother. Uh, Maybe I needed to go to the next page again. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, let's give them all a round of applause. We want to welcome them all into the church 
community, the church family. And the way that we do it here at Grace is through a covenant or a commitment, a commitment by them to the body and then a commitment by the body or the church to them. And so we're going to do that right now. Uh, New members, having repented of your sins and believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by God's grace and believing that he has, by his spirit, led you to Grace Bible Church of Hollister, please affirm the following commitment. Will you strive by the Spirit's help to joyfully walk with God and promote unity and spiritual growth within his church? Will you care for the other believers of Christ's church and not forsake the regular assembly of the saints? Will you serve and participate in the best of your abilities in Christ's church for his glory? Will you submit to the elders of Grace Bible Church, acknowledging their service to you and keeping watch over your souls as those who must give an account? Will you strive by the help of the Spirit to live for Jesus at home, work, play, and church? Will you contribute cheerfully and regularly with your time, talents, and money to the support of this ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spreading of the gospel through all the nations as faithful stewards of God's grace? Will you strive with us to maintain a Christ-centered focus at Grace Bible Church? Congregation, will you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, seek to carry out your God-given responsibilities to those who are joining our church by reaching out to them in Christian love and care, stimulating their growth in grace and good works, and encouraging them to be Christ-centered in their focus. Let's pray over them. Father, we do thank you for these that have come to um, join the church, to join the ranks of Grace Bible Church, to commit their lives and their talents, their gifts, commit themselves to your work here at Grace We pray that you will guide them, that you will encourage and strengthen them through your church, that you will equip them and feed them spiritually the things that they need to be fed. We pray that as a church we would embrace them and welcome them into the family, that we would help them discover where they are suited to serve and then encourage them and um, commit to, to, to... working with them in the ministries that God leads them to to lead in or serve in. We pray you'd bless their families, you'd bless this family as it grows because of their um, membership. We'll give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. We've had uh, something this morning for our children. We've had something this morning for our new believers who have been baptized. We've had something this morning for those who are mature believers who have become a part of our church. But I want to leave you with something as well this morning. If you're visiting with us and you're, you're not a part of this, fam- this church family, but you're visiting with us as a, perhaps a family member or a friend of one of these or maybe you just came um, to visit the church, I want to leave you with something 
to reflect on. The three ceremonies that we have just participated in have a meaning. There's a reason why we do these things, and they are a reflection of the gospel. The gospel is simply the good news of Jesus Christ, that we were sinners, as you heard in each one of the testimonies, that we were sinners. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we had no hope of redeeming ourselves. We had no ability to bring salvation to ourselves, to even help ourselves out of the situation that we sinfully entered into. That God in heaven 2,000 years ago sent his son into the earth to die in our place. That Jesus Christ came willfully. The Bible says that he laid down his life. No one took it from him. No one robbed him of life. No one murdered Jesus in the sense that he wasn't willingly giving up his life for his people. There was an extraordinary purpose behind the death of Jesus Christ. And that was the salvation of his people and the restoring of those people to God. I would be remiss not to offer you the opportunity to partake in that this morning. Jesus Christ not only died for our sins, but he rose the third day and he ascended up into heaven. And he now, the Bible says, he intercedes at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And this is the gospel. We have a friend, we have a father, we have a, a, um, an advocate, someone who stands on our behalf with Jesus Christ. When we think about the new baby, the children's dedication this morning, we dedicate our children because they're young and impressionable. And we know that if we can get to them while they're young and share the gospel with them and feed them the truths of God's word, that they will be likely to, to uh, embrace it and to, and to live it out in their life. However, you might be sitting here this morning and you might not be so young anymore, right? Some of us are not so young anymore. And we're older, and we're more set in our ways than perhaps we've ever been before. The baby dedication is simply a reflection of the new birth. The Bible tells us in John chapter number three that Jesus is speaking to, John, to Nicodemus, and he says, you must be born again. And when we're born again, we enter into a new beginning. We get a new, a new fresh start. All of our sins are wiped away, past, present, and future, and we are given, we are given new life in Christ. And he gives us this new life and he awakens us up to all of the things that we have missed out on. The Bible calls it in Romans 6.23, he calls it a gift, not something that you can earn or deserve. He, he says over and over in the scriptures that it is a free gift. It's, it's not something that can be deserved or can be earned. It is something that we come to God for. It is something that we plead with God for in the recognition that we cannot supply it on our own. He tells us in 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You might be sitting here this morning and say, Pastor John, you have no clue the sins that I've committed in my life. And I would say back to you, you have no idea of the sins that I've committed in my life. God knows the sins that we've all committed and when Jesus Christ makes a plea to the universe and says, come to me, repent of your sins, and by faith receive the gospel, he makes that offer not on the basis of not knowing what your sins are. He makes that offer on the basis of knowing every last one of your sins. He's willing to give you a new life, to make you like a child, to erase all of your past, and then to promise to not remember any of your sins in the future. 
This is what the new birth is. Then we move to the baptism. You say, well, how is this all possible? It's all possible by identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ died for our sins sufficiently. That he literally, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, that he bore our sins in his own body. His body, he, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. It means his body became sin on our behalf. And he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he paid, as I think Kyler's testimony said, and all of them said this, but specifically I remember Kyler saying that it paid fully for our sins. That Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross was completely satisfactory to God's requirement for men to be perfectly righteous in his eyes. It's the only requirement that our sins be paid for, and Jesus Christ paid for them fully. Not only did he pay for our sins fully in his death, but he resurrected on the third day. He was victorious. Death had no power over Jesus. The grave had no power over Jesus. He rose up from it. And the Bible teaches us that he can give you the same life, the same resurrection, the same newness of life on the basis, not of your works or goodness, but but on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for you. May I submit to you this morning that Satan's greatest weapon against modern day, against humanity today is simply this. You don't need to trust someone else for your salvation. You're okay. You're good enough. You're smart enough. In every way, you can do it on your own. And this is the amazing thing that Jesus Christ's gospel tells us that you have to admit that you're not okay. You have to acknowledge that you can't do it. You have to come and kneel down before his holy throne and say, I am guilty. Please show me mercy. And the basis of the mercy of Christ is his son hanging on the tree for your sins. This is why the devil has convinced our culture that we're all good. Because he knows that a good person does not get into heaven. He knows that sinners who have been forgiven get in. And sinners who have acknowledged his forgiveness. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then he goes on in the next few verses and says, For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Baptism identifies us with the death and resurrection of Christ. The last ceremony that we perform this morning is church membership. It is simply a symbol of entering into the family of God. We are entering not... We are entering into a physical family of God here on this earth, but truly what is way more important than that is that you enter into the eternal family of God. This is just a reflection of that. We want to to offer you the entrance into the family of God on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for you and the fact that he can give you a new beginning. 
How do we enter into, into the family of God? It is simply by faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to have a relationship with God again, if you think about it, you go back to the, to the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number one. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God, right? They sinned, and immediately when they sinned, their relationship with God was broken. And for the whole Old Testament, mankind tries to enter back into a relationship with God, but can't. And the whole Old Testament is meant to display to us that when you try to restore something with God that is broken, you can't restore it on your own. And then he he introduces us in the New Testament to the one man who can restore your relationship with God. And you know who it is? It is Jesus. And he's reaching down from heaven and and he's saving people who come to him and say, I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. We enter into a relationship with God simply by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We become a part of his family. You can literally, if you're a Christian this morning, you can call yourself a son or a daughter of God. It's pretty amazing truth, isn't it? John 1 and verse 12 says it this way, but to all who receive him, to all who believe on him, who believe in his name, he gave them rights to be called the children of God. This morning you are our special guest. And because you are our special guest and because of God's eternal love and mercy, we want, you to, we want to invite you to five things. Number one, acknowledge that you are a sinner. Accept the fact that you have broken God's law and that there is nothing that you can do on your own merits to restore it. Number two, ask God for the free gift of a new life. Ask him to awaken in you what, has, what died with your sin. This is what it means to be born again. Accept that Jesus Christ, God the Son, came to earth and died sufficiently as a substitute for your sins. Accept that in his resurrection, you have hope also of a resurrection and you have hope of eternal righteousness. Access his forgiveness and grace. How many of us want God's forgiveness and grace? The Bible says access his forgiveness and grace by placing your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 1 and 2 says it this way, therefore since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of our God. Amen? Amen. We are so glad that you have joined us today. We pray that the, all of these ceremonies have been a blessing to you. But man, I, my heart is, please leave understanding what these ceremonies mean because there's something that goes on inside of you that is reflected in these ceremonies that God wants you to get. And it's eternal life that's associated with it. And we want you to have it as well. If you have any questions after the service, we're gonna be here for a while. Food truck's gonna be over there with tacos. There's got, there's, um, some of our younger families have set up a bunch of games for the kids. And they even mentioned that if adults wanted to go over there and you know, get a little thing going, competition, they're welcome to go over there too. But if you're, if you're milling around and you, and you have a question, 
I would just love that you come and ask me or Pastor Michael, and uh, we would be happy to sit down with you and just show you what, what the Lord says in his word about the gospel. We want you to be saved. Amen? We want you to be saved. So the last request that I have this morning is please stay with us for lunch. <laughs> it's not spiritual at all. It's totally carnal. But please stay with us for lunch, games, and fellowship, and then we'll all take place over here in the side alley. I'm going to pray at this time, and um, we're not in any hurry. I think the food truck said that they would be ready at 11, so we're, we're 11, 15, so we got 15 minutes to mull around. And you know what? We have a song. You guys, are you back there? Is Darren and them, are they hiding back there? You guys want to sing again? Yeah, they like to sing. We'll sing again, and then uh, before they start singing, I'm going to pray real quick. They're, they're getting in place. I'm going to pray over the food. We'll sing, and then we'll be dismissed. And uh, please, all of you, stay for the, for the fellowship. Father, we do thank you so much for this time. These, all of these visitors are such a blessing to our hearts to see the church full, to see people coming um, and hearing the truths. We pray that you would be with them. You would awaken their hearts to those truths and bring salvation to them. We pray that you'd bless the fellowship that's going to follow this service and the food that we're going to eat. In Jesus' name, amen.